Every time you drink a beer. <laughs> Noel Gallagher said Arcade Fire needs to pry themselves out of their own asshole. Yeah, I actually have in my notes, without knowing that quote, that this band, I believe this band actually lives in their own asshole. Legitimately eat breathe and sleep in their own assholes. It's possible he's referring to the fact that Wynn Butler will non-ironically refer to himself as, quote, a fucking rock star, end quote. This is the opposite of a rock star. First of all, I think I'd refer to Wynn Butler as, quote, a fucking grown-up version of Malachi from Children of the Corn, end quote. That's fair. It kind of looks like it. Yeah. He could be that kid. Watch Children of the Corn again yeah. and just plug... Uh, Win Butler into the Malachi role and tell me anything changes. I wouldn't even doubt that. Yeah, that's him. There are a lot of bands that we do episodes on where you and I are both like, I've never even listened to this shit and everyone gets mad about that. One further with Arcade Fire, I have actively avoided listening to this band from the second I found out about their existence. Yeah. First thing, they are from Canada and they are not Nickelback so why would I care? Do you think Canada wants to go to war with the United States. Is this their like subtle influence campaign on America is by sending their shittiest rock bands? Then the other thing I found out about this band, other than just the way that they look, again, Malachi from Children of the Corn, Suspender and Wide Brim Hat. Then the second piece of information I found out about this band is it's a married couple at the center of it. And a brother. That's just gross. Keep your marriage out of music is what I always say. Y'all need to leave that at home. I don't think any band should be allowed to be a married couple. Then you're going to bring your brother into this shit? I don't know what's happening. That's even weirder. I don't like it. I always think most bands can't stay together that have even just like two people. The White Stripes are just two people and they couldn't stay together. Arcade Fire has whatever six members or some fluctuating number above five. How do you manage to keep six people together? A, witchcraft, because he's literally the kid from the Children of the Corn. And B, you are related to or married to half of the band. I don't know why they said they were from Canada. They should have said that they're from Salt Lake City and they probably would be even more famous and more successful than they are. This is a cult. Any band with more than four members is by definition a cult. This band is a cult with none of the interesting things that cults have. It's a cult with boring music. If you're a married couple and thinking of starting a band, don't. Do not do it. Yeah, you don't have to. Don't do it. No. Even Jack White was smart enough to lie about it. <laughs> That's right. Right? That's right. He's yeah. like, no, I'm not married. I would never marry her. That's my fucking <laughs> sister, man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. We're not married. That's gross. <laughs> Puke. And then the arcade fire was like, we're married. We'll start a band. Let's get my brother to play guitar. It's weird, dude. It just is. Musically, this is just the kind of bullshit we've got to pretend to take seriously after Kings of Leon got too popular and everyone had to pretend to hate Kings of Leon, right? Mm -hmm. Kings of Leon blew up. Too many people like this. Now I've got to say I don't like it and I never liked it. It's the same thing that happens with everything, especially if it's good. It's great right up until it's not, you know? It is inevitable. That is like a weird thing. Billy Ray Cyrus is another one. Yeah. People could not buy Achy Breaky Heart enough right up until the moment where it got not cool. And then all of a sudden, everyone hated it. No one wants to claim that they were the ones buying it. Well, yeah, you were. Someone was. Right. All of a sudden, everyone was pretending you didn't have five copies of the single in your car. You know you did. Come on. Come on. I guess the biggest difference here would be being is that 
Arcade Fire was never good. Never, ever It good. didn't even start off good and get really big so that it was like this rejection of the band. Arcade Fire is music for people who think Neutral Milk Hotel is deep songwriting and LCD Sound System is good dance music. Everyone that listens to Arcade Fire loves LCD Sound System. Required listening. So much of this band's output sounds like a terrible version of all the pop bands who were right before them. Whatever was popular in the quote-unquote joyous category of music. Like in the 90s, there was the New Radicals, Gin Blossom, Sister Hazel, Better Than Ezra, Goo Goo Dolls, whoever else. If Arcade Fire released any of Third Eye Blind's 90s singles this year, everyone would think they'd finally become the band that deserves all the hype they've gotten. Yeah. Everyone would be like, oh, dude, Arcade Fire is finally as good as everyone has said they were. Any Third Eye Blind single. It's true. I did actually listen to this stuff. Bummer. The most popular songs of this band are the most droney, mind-numbing, generic, nonsense songs. It was funny is on the newest album, the song that everyone seems to hate, they at least try to be more straightforward pop, I guess. By ripping off ABBA. Right. Yeah. By, they just go straight for the ABBA ripoff, and then people just hated it. They were like, where's the droney? Nah, singing, 25 people singing in a chorus thing. This is a band that got treated as if they are now the new thing. This is the millennial Nirvana, basically. It seems like this band tried about as hard as the Strokes did to get a record deal. Sure. You know, I don't know how many shows they played before they blew up, but I bet it wasn't very many. Arcade Fire backed Mick Jagger on some Rolling Stone songs on Saturday Night Live. That's what this band gets to do. Yeah. And if you want to see exactly why every bar band that tries to cover a Rolling Stone song is awful, go watch the video of Arcade Fire backing up the actual singer <laughs> of the Rolling Stones. I, what was it? So are they just, was it just a rejection of what was popular at the time? Yes. It was, okay, here's this exactly generic middle of the road quote unquote indie rock band. Yeah. This is the band we're going to launch to the thing because there's nothing interesting listening to it. In the Shins episode, which will be out by the time this comes out, we talked about how indie became the major selling point of the decade of the 2000s. And that was around the movie Garden State. That was all around the year 2004, 2005, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. This shit happened before that. Arcade Fire is kind of the flagship. Indie is now the selling point band, yeah. much like Nirvana was the flagship. Grunge is now the selling point band, mm -hmm. which means exactly like Nirvana, all Arcade Fire was at that time the most marketable version of a thing that was happening in all these pockets of indie subculture. There were so many bands that sounded just like this and a lot of them were popular. Like I just said, all those 90s one hit wonder bands, these are the kids who grew up while that shit was on the radio. Right. What's funny is that when Arcade Fire was exploding, all my friends that listened in to the most obnoxious indie rock, they every time I saw them, They'd be like, oh, have you heard? You know, those types of people like, oh, have you heard this? Blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. They all hated Arcade Fire. Yeah. Just like I'm assuming everyone would have hated Nirvana that already knew what the Melvins were. Arcade Fire really was. Everyone didn't like it that already was listening to that kind of music. This is not the Walmart version of something that was already happening all over the place. This was the Target version right. of something yeah. that was happening all over the place for people who shop at Target because they got money. This band's biggest song still 
is the big song from the first album called Wake, Wake Up. Up. Yeah. I did not even realize that it was from the first album because it's so popular still. Here's what's crazy. I never heard this song. No shit, really? I, I pressed play on it for this thinking like, oh, I'm going to hear some song that I've heard over the credits How of everything. How did you never see no. Where the Wild Things Are? No, I didn't watch that. No. Oh, wow. Good for you. kind of jealous. All I saw of this band were pictures and everyone talking about it. I heard people making fun of this band before I ever even saw a picture of this band. You no know? shit. Because like, again, I was traveling in circles like you were just talking about the annoying indie yeah. people. I knew about all the bands that this band has in their record collection. Right. Took out on tour to try and make up for the fact that they ripped them off. But this song, Wake Up, it's possible that I heard it a thousand times and never registered it because there's not even a melody in this song. There's nothing memorable about it at all. <laughs> I think people are just suckers for lots of people singing the chorus because that's the, the whole song or the popular part of the song. You want to feel like you got friends. Yeah, I get yeah, it. That's, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think people are just suckers for that. But you can't hum it. If you like this band and you love that song, go up to someone and you could know for a fact that they know this song. Walk up to them and hum whatever you think the melody of this song is to them. Let me know how quickly they don't guess what it is. Yeah, because it's really hard to do because it's so high. That's also just the background vocals, right? Yeah, I don't know. That wouldn't be the main melody of the song. No, but that's the part that I think people, re I don't, I really don't know. After listening to it, I've got to assume the only reason anyone started caring about this is the final 90 seconds of the song when it becomes a glockenspiel version of a Shondell song. Twee Motown bullshit. They also take the Lust for Life lick way too soon after Jet had their one hit with the mm -hmm. Lust for Life lick. I forgot that band even existed till this very moment. The Jet thing? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if people realize it, but that's the world that we have to live in as soon as Phil Collins is allowed to cover You Can't Hurry Love. Mm -hmm. As soon as someone let Phil Collins cover The Supremes, it's only a matter of time until we got to listen to Arcade Fire do this. Fucking Phil Collins. We should figure out ways to bring it back to Phil Collins every episode. It wouldn't be hard. It would not be hard, especially this stuff. When we're talking about this kind of stuff, it would not be hard. No. There's really no... At least the Polyphonic Spree had that whole we wear white robes and we might try to trick you into drinking poison kool-aid yeah yeah you know they had a little shtick thing like every time you go to a polyphonic spree concert they might start handing out kool-aid you don't fucking know what's gonna happen the, for me in my brain i really do think of lcd sound system arcade for the exact same way in that i don't think there's anything unique or interesting about any of these bands these are the most forgettable bands making the most forgettable music ever. Nothing that I think people that like music would look at and go, the way that they structure their songs is so good. No, or their hooks are really good. Or the melodies are so good. The guitar playing is so good. Nothing in this band is, quote, so good. If I'm being charitable, I would propose that people liked this because it seemed sincere. In an age where irony and the ironic hipster was the order of the day this band seemed like they meant what they were saying and there was sort of a superficial grasp at tackling deep issues of the soul in their <laughs> lyrics you know there was even a thing where a couple members of the band went off to some i think they called it a semi-religious retreat which i don't know what that means sounds like a fucking cult yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah screams cult came back with an idea of what they knew their band was going to be or a vision they almost changed the name of the band to the visions because of this so oh, wow jeez that kind of stuff doesn't just disappear out of nowhere it's no. in here somewhere and that's probably what some 
sad people are responding to. But I will say as far as this band not being memorable, I did remember another song from this album. I did remember hearing that song Rebellion at the time because I remember thinking, oh great, we're going to have to listen to 90 versions of Arcade Fire yeah. because everyone's got to be too cool for Kings of Leon now. It's also easier, I would think, to make Arcade Fire music than it is to make pretty much anything else. Oh, yeah. It's way harder to write a Kings of Leon song Definitely. than it is to write an Arcade Fire song. Definitely. Like, way harder. I would like to see this band cover a song from each of the other bands. I would bet that Kings of Leon can make an Arcade Fire song more interesting sure. than Arcade Fire with less members. can do with the Kings of Leon song. The upside of well, having... that's probably why. Yeah, the I guess the upside of having six members, if you totally suck, you kind of get lost anyways. Exactly. You don't have to be good at anything because it's all just like this muddled mess. But that's also why there's nothing memorable in any of these songs, because none of these people... Nobody's exceptionally good at anything they for do. For sure, no one in this band understands the concept of featuring one instrument at a time. They're all just doing their thing at the same time, yeah. so they all have to do super basic shit, or else it'll sound like jazz, which they are definitely not capable of. So. Really do think if you're going to play an instrument that's older than you are, you should know how to do more than bang chords out on it. Sure. Play some antique, old-timey looking instrument just because it looks cool. <laughs> you should be able to do something with it. Can you do more than a G chord? Right. <laughs> this guy is maybe a little bit better of a singer than Connor Oberst, and that's a very low bar to pass. Really? That's shit. You didn't even think about that. I don't want to go back and listen to well, that. Well, Saddle Creek specifically is the sort of indie subculture pocket that I'm referring to as having already already existed before so if you were listening to saddle creek bands and you thought that was the best shit ever and then arcade fire came out and now they're the biggest band on the planet you'd be like wait what the hell i thought we had something getting started over here yeah sure. they came out of nowhere yeah how'd that happen yeah well you fucking figure it out that's funny because even the people that i was referring to earlier were skeptical of even even of saddle creek well they probably didn't like bright eyes but they probably liked cursive they definitely like cursive yeah. sure so there's that band cursive they for sure did that indie rock with a string section thing yeah. way before arcade fire did yeah and way better cursive is way better than arcade fire and yeah of course that's one of the main reasons why I have no patience for Arcade Fire is I remember about 50 actual indie bands nobody had ever heard of that were all better versions of this concept. I'll throw out a real obscure one. There's a Scottish band named Aerogram. I only ever heard their first couple albums, but go listen to the Aerogram album Sleep and Release. If you are a fan of Arcade Fire and you can listen to the first two Aerogram albums, that's spelled A-E-R-E-O-G-R-A-M-M-E. -E -E. Again, they're overseas. It's not not their fault go listen to their first two albums and you can't admit that this band did arcade fire a thousand times better than arcade fire before arcade fire you are delusional yeah the stuff you play for me is just like a really good version of Arcade Fire. It's not way it, more dynamic, good stuff, good songwriting. No contest, man. Yeah. I would say that Godspeed You Black Emperor is a better version. Yeah, but did they win the Grammy? <laughs> no. At least when Animal Collective started being hyped up, it was something we'd never heard before. Sure. Truly weird music that no one had ever heard before. Yeah, very weird music. I never got into that either, actually, at all. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't an Arcade Fire kill a lot of children? Yeah, the name alone should be disqualifying because where is your head? Is there any real defense for this terrible name? Playground arson? <laughs> right, yeah. Probably wouldn't fly. Yeah, sure. It's called Slide Bomb, you know? <laughs> it just doesn't fit with the music. The name Arcade Fire does not scream lo-fi 
shitty rock band. What about the name Arcade Fire resonates like, oh, this is a really good, it sounds like a maybe a metal band or something. I would say stop screwing around and just name your band Dead Kids. How about there that? There you go. Yeah, sounds great. And then make really nice pop music. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt. At yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away. Oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend. Hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. As we've referred to a few times, this is one of those bands that'll have a dozen people on stage at any given moment during a show. And I bet you half of those people play in LCD sound system. There's some crossover there for sure. What well, James Murphy did produce. Yeah, perfect. Which means that some of the people that played in the LCD sound system stuff for live, at least, I'm not going to look it up because I just know it to be true. There is no excuse for having more than four people on a stage unless you have a horn section or a string section or something, which this band does not have. There's also no excuse to have half the band members in your band be related in some regard. It's weird. But the only reason bands do this is because of the way it looks. This is how you end up with a dude running around on stage wearing a motorcycle helmet and hitting it with a drumstick, which is the thing that this band does. It's an indie version of Hype Man climbing the stage scaffolding or stage diving, doing anything they can think of to justify their presence on stage at that moment. Because Oof. it's not justifiable for any musical reason whatsoever. They don't need to be there. Bands with Hype Men. Can you imagine going to see a band and they got a member running around the stage, no. hitting himself in the helmet with a drumstick? That's something that happens at Arcade Fire shows. I just think it's a, a distraction from look how horrible we are as a band. It always is. If you've ever wandered into the percussion section of an instrument store and wondered what type of sick motherfucker could possibly find use for all the variations of noisemakers and clickers and shakers they have in there, it's Arcade Fire. Yeah. This is the band. Those things on the wall that you're like, who would even use this? It's fucking Arcade Fire. That's who uses it. Every single one of this band's albums has been nominated for a Grammy Award. Which just goes to show how irrelevant the Grammys are. I mean, we talk about the Grammys on here a lot because it's a sign of how big of a deal these band... <coughs> Did you choke? Are you okay? You okay? You feeling okay? I can't imagine anyone actually giving a fuck about... Who does or doesn't win a Grammy Award? It's one of the most meaningless things that I can think of. If anything, I oftentimes think it is the kiss of death. The top of shit mountain wins you the Grammy. A lot of people win a Grammy and then end up making shittier music from that moment forward. I think if you've already got your head up your own ass and you win a Grammy Award, it just cements your head in your ass and you can't. That's it. There's you're no return. Forever. Yeah. Because now you're just forever trying to live up to that Grammy record. Even if the next record you make is like actually good, you're fucked. Because oh, yeah. everyone's going to go, yeah, but it's not the album that won the Grammy. You should just not win a Grammy. It's probably better for your career. The Suburbs is the Arcade Fire album that won a Grammy for Album of the Year. And there were a lot of people who were very upset by this. It was really, really funny to watch. But awards are bullshit. There are basically only two kinds of award. The first kind of award is a People's Choice Award. Whoever has the most votes wins the award. 
a popularity contest. We're all familiar with it, same as it was in high school. This is no different right. than a talent competition at a school. The other kind of award is a Critics' Choice Award, where one person or a bunch of people with some type of agreed-upon qualifications to have an opinion vote privately or publicly on who deserves to win an award. This is at least the illusion of winning an award by merit. That's the kind of award that the Grammys are. I don't know why anyone cares about either one of these types of award, but there were all these, quote, industry insiders like Bob Lefsetz. He seemed pretty pissed off about the big award of the night going to some no-name band. Uh-huh. There was this other dude, I don't know how to say his name, Steve Schultz. He took out a full-page ad in a major paper, maybe the New York Times. Something like that. All pissed off about Arcade Fire winning an award on a televised broadcast that only had so many viewers because of the fan bases of all the major artists who were. Right. It's just funny to me because these are people who are supposed to be smart getting mad at one kind of award show for not being another kind of award show. I remember that year, actually. It was the... I don't really care about the Grammys, but that year I do remember thinking and actually saying out loud to my friends who were at my house with me being like, they beat Eminem for album of the year. (laughs) Holy shit, they don't deserve to win in any regard. They did not deserve to win. I'm not saying that Eminem is great or Lady Gaga is great or Lady Antebellum or whoever else is great bands, but they did not deserve to win a Grammy. They honestly didn't deserve to be nominated for a Grammy (laughs) and they definitely have not deserved to have every one of their albums nominated for a Grammy. To me is like, is somebody rigging the system? Maybe the entire country of Canada is threatening people. Have we uncovered a secret plot by the Canadian government? There were a lot of people who seemed to think Arcade Fire having two separate performances on the awards show meant the awards were somehow rigged. I don't really understand all the protocol around keeping the winner secret up until the envelope is open. You know, who cares? Obviously, some people have to know ahead of time or their name couldn't be in the envelope. Somebody has to know, yeah. I would guess that they had Arcade Fire play twice because they knew nobody had ever heard of them. Right. It was like, uh, hey, guys, this is the Arcade Fire case. This is the band we're going to give the award to. Right, right. Lady Gaga or Eminem. I bet you their first week's sales numbers for those albums probably beat Arcade Fire's entire album to sales. To date, yeah. To that date. Uh, to now, probably. probably. Or even to now, possibly. I would say to now, yeah. Even after winning the Grammy, didn't like catapult their career. No. Nobody watching the Grammys and I said, oh man, this band is great. I don't know if you remember, someone made a Tumblr that was whoisarcadefire.tumblr.com, which was just a collection of all these people trying to figure out who the hell this band that won this Grammy award is. Someone made shirts that said, who the fuck is Arcade Fire? Oh man, we gotta get some of those. sold a lot of them. I'll tell you who I was disappointed in though, was Eminem. Very famously, Eminem once asked us, you think I give a fuck about a Grammy? Right. Then he kind of proved that he did though. (laughs) It turns out Eminem does care about Grammys. In the song Fall, and then tell the Grammys to go fuck themselves. They suck the blood from all the biggest artists like some leeches. So they nominate them, get him there, get a name to MC the show. Every parasite needs a host. Then give album of the year to somebody that no one's ever even heard of. Yeah. Explicitly about Arcade Fire winning a Grammy. Yo, real talk though. Every parasite needs a host. That line is pretty fucking fire, dude. Yeah. That's a pretty sweet line. So then after this band won a Grammy... I don't know if they just got addicted to all the attention. I, th- I think they think they matter now. Right. As of the recording of this, their last album's called Everything Now. That's the one where they did this 
really, really stupid PR strategy for the rollout of it in which they tried to preemptively roast themselves. They tried to make fun of themselves before anyone else could. It's sort of that whole self-deprecating thing, but applied to an entire band. I would not be surprised if this is the first band to post a link to the episode that we made on them. You know what I'm saying? I thought about that earlier. Honest to God, just a couple, like about 10 minutes ago in our recording, I was like, this singer dude kind of, now that we're talking about it, kind of strikes me as the kind of guy that might reply to this. What if they used us as a promo for their next song? That would be great. I think it's a better idea than telling everyone they have to dress up. Here's all the stuff Arcade Fire thought would be funny to do to promote this album. They planted a rumor that their shows were going to have a dress code and then acted like everyone who fell for that rumor because it didn't come straight from official band accounts on social media or whatever. They acted like everyone who fell for that rumor was just a sheep who believed in fake news and part of the problem and you're who we're making fun of. Except for the fact that Arcade Fire really did have dress codes for shows in 2013 when they were playing, you know, not secret shows as the Reflectors which was another shitty PR strategy to roll out an album. Yeah. When you have a bad idea and people call you out on it, just say it was a bad idea. Don't go, oh, you dumbass motherfucking fans of ours. Can't believe you dumb shits fell for that one. Ha 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 ha. You can't call people stupid for believing that you would do something you have already done. (laughs) Right. Can't believe you guys fell for that because it's not like we already did it five years ago. They made a bunch of merch to make fun of trends in merchandising that year. I guess this is when fidget spinners were popular, so they had a fidget spinner. This is around the time the the Jenners made those shirts where they just put their faces over yeah, oh yeah, music right. legends. Yeah, yeah. So Arcade Fire put their logo over that shirt design and sold uh. that. Honestly, that one's kind of funny, I'll admit it. Uh, but <laughs> if all they had done was that, maybe this works. What I don't about know. $100 fidget spinners? They made a fake commercial for a Ritalin cereal, just cereal marshmallows, and it had Ritalin in it. I guess that's supposed to... Weird reflection of society or something? This is calling yourself the opiate of the masses. You're associating yourself with the thing you're making fun of. Again, it's like they're trying to make fun of themselves for being something that they actually are. They made a parody website of Stereo Gum and posted a fake review of the album before it came out, making fun of the entire concept of criticizing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Cult tactics. Again, this is sort of what you it's would weird do. Shit. You're trying to convince everyone who's your fan to stay your fan because if they don't, it's because they must be dumb. What I think it is, is like a really bad, you see viral marketing campaigns work really well sometimes. And then somebody who's not in marketing whatsoever, like maybe like the singer of the band yeah. thinks, oh dude, I have funny ideas and this is what happens and nobody around them will say that's a really fucking bad idea. So they just do it. Reality, you're just the not good singer of a not good band. So you shouldn't be doing these things. Like you should hire somebody else to do this stuff. It did get them a lot of attention, but the but pro- not good, really bad publicity. Their strategy was to basically go to war with what remains of music critics. The music critics that are still standing, Arcade Fire is like, just take a shit all over them. Yeah. And of course they're going to pay in your album, especially when it comes out. And all it is, is the same shit you've been doing forever, but you've been listening to ABBA a bunch now, I guess. I don't know. These attempts at comedy, it wasn't so much, 
here's something we can all laugh at together. It was very much, we're using comedy to make you think about smart stuff that you probably wouldn't think about if it wasn't for us, because you're too dumb, you need us to point this stuff out. Here's how to be smart. This article said that the guy saw uh, the wall of their ideas, comfort cereal, sketch of a USB fidget spinner, which I think they actually thought they were going to do that. It was going to be a $100 fidget spinner or something. Elsewhere, I saw diagrams of Kama Sutra gummy bears, accordion-shaped pillows, turntable-shaped cardboard toys for cats. Wasn't there a removable jihadi yes, beard or something? Yes, the phrase, quote, removable jihadi beards. I don't even know what that means. I'm pretty sure that's not Yo, good. My guess is that would have been career-ending, as if putting out the shitty record wasn't, but... That's when I think he said he was going to take a break from Twitter, according to this. He doesn't take criticism well. No, not at all. I hope he does listen to this episode. Off the record, I've heard from so many people I know from so many different branches of the music industry that the core members of this band are major fucking assholes. I've heard these guys are dicks. That to me is like the opposite of what you would expect from a Canadian. People don't say that about other bands from Canada. Do you ever hear people disparaging them like no. that? No, I don't think you do. Wynn Butler in an interview with NME said, quote, 90% of what people are forced to listen to in a day is someone trying to force them to buy something that they don't need. At a certain point, you've got to say, shut up. It's like someone poking you in the face all the time. You can just ignore it and try to go about your life in a certain way or say, stop hitting me. You have to say, stop, stop, stop hitting me. Stop pushing me. I think that's rebellion. People should rebel against us. Oh, we're better than Arcade Fire. We're not going to use guitars. We're going to use some sampling program and make music that's better than those assholes. You know what I mean? That's really important, end quote. I just picturing him driving down the road looking at like the uh, 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 billboards and just screaming at them. He's like an angry grandpa guy yelling at the billboards, stop advertising to me, stop. This quote reads like he starts off with an idea of what he wants to say and then halfway through realizes he doesn't have that idea that he thought he had. Yeah, he lost his train. And just starts <laughs> flailing. This is the problem with this guy. I think that he's the kind of person who would do that. Yeah. I think this is the kind of person who would realize he's not making the point he thought he was making and just try to fucking wing it. Mid-sentence goes into like salvage mode. Like, oh God, I got to salvage what I'm saying by saying something completely insane. Instead of just being like, I forgot what I was saying. My bad. <laughs> right. That's how you rebel. Rebel against us i guess by playing keyboard instead of a guitar okay dude you're right because nobody's ever done that before if you want to rebel against arcade fire write a good song again this is a guy who calls himself a fucking rock star i don't think i've ever met a smart person who identified as a rock star it kind of doesn't you know who rock stars are is motley crew motley crew are rock stars yeah go read any book about that band yeah. not smart people you're not taking life advice or business advice more importantly from a band like motley and crew. i would say that if you self-identify as a rock star while not actually being one it makes you even dumber than the people who are rock stars Shit, that's, even, that's way worse basically if you're a fan of early arcade fire what happened to this band is they went on saturday night live one time had their minds blown by the idea of satirical social commentary and it turned this band into trash they went from this sincere band who meant all these things that they were talking about turned it into this, we're going to now make self-aware commentary that you have to be this smart to get, and if you don't get it, you're not as smart as us. Yeah, I think the ultimate way for Arcade Fire to end 
after listening to this episode and they decide they're going to break up is to literally say, oh, by the way, our entire career was just a joke. That would be great. That would be the ultimate way to end this entire thing. There are two things that are sort of mutually exclusive here. You can be a fucking rock star and you can be someone who's capable of making fun of yourself, but you cannot be a fucking rock star who's capable of making fun. Can you imagine Ozzy Osbourne roasting himself? No. Legitimate rock star. If you started making fun of him in a way that he didn't understand, he'd bite your fucking nose off. Yeah. All right. It's kind of like built in. I'm surprised that some of the rock stars that we mock haven't actually threatened us. Can you imagine Axl Rose sitting down and writing a comedy sketch that made fun of himself and it being funny? I can imagine him thinking that he could do that, but there's no possibility of him doing it. Yeah. I bet Lemmy never even made fun of himself. He'd fucking break your neck. It's the only way to be a rock star. I don't take criticism. As a band, it is not possible to preemptively roast yourself. It's just not going to work because what it reads like is it reads like you're trying to throw everyone off the scent of the valid criticisms that you know are there and are not going to address. There's no way anyone's going to believe that you're legitimately roasting yourself. We're going to make fun of ourselves for this, 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 and this, so no one's going to see this but the way that they went about it not just like the execution of the dumb stunts a fake news story about a fake thing that didn't happen it's too many layers it's too goofy and then when they get called on it they create like a fake persona to kind of blame it on instead of just taking responsibility for the really bad idea which makes it so confusing and i think that's why the marketing stuff backfires is because it's just confusing these are the kind of people who Anytime they get called out on something, they're just going to wrap it in a blanket of meta. Yeah. No, but it's one more layer deeper than that, man. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, well, the joke's on you because we weren't even serious about that. And we weren't serious about it being a joke either because it is serious because fake news is a real problem with society. But also, we're just making fun of that too. But also, we're serious, but also it's funny. But also, it's you're just not smart enough. You just don't get it. Yeah, I think it's just a joke because you guys got called out on your dumb idea. Oh, we weren't serious. People like this are never good at making fun of themselves. No. They're just, it, they cannot do well, it. How do you make fun of yourself if you live in your own ass? Your view of the world is so, can't see the world from your ass. The only way this band is good at making fun of themselves is if you count every time they get on a stage and every time they go in the studio yeah, to sure, make another yeah, album by making music. as making fun of themselves. That's yeah. the only way it counts. When a band's going so far out of their way to perform all these stupid stunts around the release of an album, why would anyone assume that the album itself doesn't deserve to be treated like one more of these dumb stunts? Sure. Why on earth would we assume that this album is not also one of these jokes, especially when the only change between this album and your other albums is that you have now started trying to sound like ABBA, who are the definition of slick, corporate-sounding, commercial music that a band would use to make fun of that idea. Well, certainly right off the bat, opening song they're essentially daring everyone to not like the album daring everyone to like the album no matter what you do they've got you we've thought about it ahead of time yeah. we're playing four-dimensional chess just it's oh man the shittiest motivation i'm sure that they thought this was a clever self-aware commentary on the marriage of art and commerce it's definitely not but i'll tell you what else it's not is it's not a good way to sell albums this is not a good way to move units no it's a great way to give us fodder to make a podcast though i got a quote from this guy on all this pr shit quote we were providing the ammunition for people who wanted to write negative things about the band 
here you go. Here's something to be outraged about. End yeah. quote. That's, yeah, no shit, that's dude. That's dumb. It's so dumb. That's not smart, guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. Again, it's like somebody that wanted to create like a viral marketing campaign, but doesn't understand marketing or what actually a viral marketing campaign is. That's like people that want us to do their album reviews for their, like, you know, random people email us, but like, oh, you should do an episode on my band. I'm like, I don't think you actually want us to do that. One of the songs on that Everything Now album is called Put Your Money on Me. Stripper music? It's more of this, is he making a joke about you paying him? Maybe is he's he a make, stripper. Yeah, maybe yeah, he wants to be. Does he a strip, strip in his spare time? The lyrics are, if there was a race, a race for your heart, it started before you were born, above the chloroform sky, clouds made of ambient, sitting on carpets in the basement of heaven. That's what this guy's selling. That's what's yeah. in this package when you open it up. Thanks, dude. My favorite lyric, hold on real quick. Let me pull it up. My favorite lyric is, love is hard, sex is easy. You like that one? Yeah, well, because in my mind, that means he's really bad at sex because <laughs> sex is something that takes hard work and effort to be decent and good at. Man, how are you fucking? I put time in. Love is just an emotion. And either it exists or it doesn't. I would not classify sex as easy. No, no, because it's not. Yeah, I would not. Love is not this like super complicated, crazy thing. You can fall in love on accident. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can fall in love with your secretary at work because you think she's got really fun conversational skills or something. It doesn't mean you're going to fuck her well. So I think this guy fucks like a dead fish. This is definitely music for sure not to fuck to. That's for sure. Yo, do me a favor real quick if you're listening to this podcast. Which you uh, are. You're obviously listening to this podcast. Do you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. (laughs) Yeah, I guess they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for something. we should make a shirt. Okay. The other thing about this married couple is they own shares in Tidal, the music streaming service Tidal, which Mm -hmm. if you're new to the show, we take any opportunity we can get for a Tidal update. (laughs) This is your Tidal update. As of this recording, the most recent news is that Amazon Music has launched their own high-definition streaming service, apparently in competition with Tidal. They're coming after Tidal. This is what Amazon does. They have more money and more everything than everyone else. If you're doing something they think might be interesting, they're just going to do it bigger and better than you. Quick side note, do you think, why, why would they do it? I'm assuming that Amazon would have tried to buy Title first. Amazon has enough money to buy just about anybody. Why create a competing platform where you could just buy their platform? Well, because one thing about Title is the whole artist, oh, artist owned, owned. and there's probably right. all this other shit that Amazon knows is not going to ever be profitable yeah. for Title but they're already doing everything else other than flicking the switch to make it available in higher quality. That's it. That's all Amazon has to do is flick a switch and call it something new, charge more money for it. Also, everyone who's listening to this is just listening to it on their fucking phone speakers anyway. So I don't know why anyone pays for high definition streaming. That's an insane concept to me. I would assume 99% of people do not listen to music on any form of high quality listening things. 
and that includes all the people listening to this on their Beats headphones, right. thinking that they have really sweet high-end headphones. You know, the headphones that they put weight yeah. in to make it seem like it's higher quality. They put weights in there so they'll be heavier. Right, because yeah. people assume heavy equates <laughs> to quality. It's plastic it's just, trash. It's just, yeah. no, my point being, people aren't listening to this music on reference systems. Yeah, it's earbuds with dog cones around right. them. I read an article just today about how Tidal's probably fine, Amazon's not coming for them, Tidal's fine, but this article had all these graphs and statistics in it that were very clearly based on public information. Tyler, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler <laughs> wait, now hear me out. Okay. They have a lot of Twitter followers. That's exactly it. They, they have said, a lot of Twitter followers. They said title's too. fine because they have more employees than ever on LinkedIn. Whoa. They have more Twitter followers and more Facebook page fans than ever. Yeah. And more app reviews. But all of these things can be faked. And or don't matter. Yeah. It's <laughs> First of all, none of those things mean they're making money. No. Literally all of those things cost money for this company yeah. to generate these things. But they also can all be faked. And there are even huge dips and jumps in these graphs like anyone who's used to auditing someone's social media profiles has seen. When they buy a fuckload of fake followers, there's going to be a huge spike right there and then there's going to be a huge dip every time the platform that they're on decides to purge all those fake accounts and then they have to buy more so there's another spike again that's what happens they also our last title update was on how there was this report that titles numbers of streams for like kanye's life of pablo and beyonce's lemonade were way higher than could even be possible. Right. They, somebody actually did the math. So now Tidal is suing the entire country of Norway over that report. That's awesome. I didn't know that was a thing you could I, I do. I didn't either. I'm super excited to see what happens. I wish I was smart enough to understand what this article was saying, if it even was saying this. But it looks to me like the only possibilities here are Tidal thinks Norway... The country of Norway is responsible yeah. for it. And they're suing them for libel. I don't remember seeing the word libel in this article. What I saw was a bunch of complicated shit about international laws regarding some stuff I didn't understand. Oh. So if Tidal is suing Norway because some sort of law was supposed to keep this information from going public and then it went public. Yeah. That doesn't look good, right? No, but now hear me out. If it goes through, I think we should sue Canada. Definitely, I'm on board to sue Canada. That's what I'm saying. We should do a crowdfunding thing, raise money to sue Canada. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how that works. I would love to sue Canada. Like a GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. And we sued the entire country of Canada for allowing the band Arcade Fire to happen. But here's the catch. If, not if, when we win the lawsuit, we get to, we just keep the money. Because it was our idea. Well, like, I just like, like, let's put a flag right here. It was our idea. Okay. Well, hopefully they, uh, they make out okay with their investment in title. We'll, we'll find out soon enough, I guess. The family has invested. The family. That's what they called Charles Manson's whole crew. <laughs> coincidence <laughs> i think, think not. not the family that wins grammys together stays together man music is fucked now it's so bad music dude. is not good these days huh yeah i guess the, the question was was it ever good i think i used to like music before i started doing this podcast i probably did now i've just realized it's all taken uh, on a new light i just listen to a podcast at npr now 
people ask all the time, what do you listen to? I'm like, NPR. The best answer I ever got was, what's NPR? And I was like, are you, okay, okay I don't know. Do you remember a few months ago when, I think it was in the Washington Post, some asshole wrote an article about how basically podcasts are not good. Yes, I And one of that. the reasons why is because people are listening to podcasts instead of music now. Right. Hey, buddy, <laughs> writing articles about how podcasts aren't good is like being homeless about architecture, okay? Yeah. Like, no one's fucking reading your shit anymore. Maybe you should make a podcast about it if you want anyone to care. Also, it's not our fault music sucks, guy. Yeah. Let people make their own choices. 100%. What you want to do with your time? You want to listen to podcasts because majority of music that came out in the last 20 years is garbage? Listen to fucking podcasts. Then. Pretty much guarantee you that we hate this guy's favorite bands. 1,000%. There's no way he likes anything that we would like. What's funny is the guy who wrote that article, he was actually the singer of that band Q and Not You. Like, oh, really? I, I legit bought their album back in the day. So no when shit. I saw that article and I saw it was written by him, I was like, wow, fuck you, guy. <laughs> like, I bought your album. You're sitting here like, like a bitter guy running down my whole business <laughs> strategy here. You should email and be like, yo, dude, I bought your fucking. Oh, no, he definitely responded to whatever I said on Twitter really? at the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the main difference. The Arcade Fire is your favorite band. Your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for listening to Your Favorite Band Sucks. Wow, nothing like self-isolation during a global pandemic to make you realize just how much a great podcast contributes to your quality of life. As COVID-19, no relation, has everyone with a conscience looking for ways to support content creators affected in these trying times, can you really afford not to share a link to this episode on your social media? Go to yfbspod.com for the link to this episode, or you can post a link to your favorite episode from the past. Whatever you do, you'll get a real conversation going on Facebook instead of all these idiots debating QAnon theories. And much like coronavirus, we do rely on word of mouth to spread. So if posting links isn't really your style, you can at least mention the show on your Instagram or your Snapchat story, Zoom, Slack, group text, however else you're communicating with the outside world. And if you want to go the extra mile, we do have podcast merch available at shop.yfbspod.com. I know we're out of certain sizes in the new design, so whatever's there is whatever's there until we can do another run of shirts. And if you don't need another shirt, we have stickers, pins, buttons, mugs, all that good stuff. We are fulfilling orders at this time. Everything helps. Okay, in this episode, I said that Arcade Fire could release any Third Eye Blind single and it would essentially hashtag break the internet. Uh, we recorded this one quite a long time ago, but just last month, a new Hillary Duff single came out, and you guessed it, it's a cover of a Third Eye Blind single, that Never Let You Go song. Uh, it's Hillary and some other people nobody cares about, so obviously it didn't matter, but no lie, it is pretty strange to be this tapped in to what's going to happen in the music industry. It's not like I know these things are going to happen when I say them. But I am almost starting to feel responsible when it's so close to what does end up really happening. Does this podcast have special powers? You'll have to make that decision for yourself. 
Anyway, you may have thought you heard what sounded like a complimentary statement or two toward the band Nickelback in this episode. Well, listen, even if there is a top secret list of bands we'll never do, which I can neither confirm nor deny, Nickelback is not on that list because when the show returns in two weeks, not only are we headed back to the Great White North for an episode on Nickelback, it will be the first episode of this show that is also available on video. We decided our take on Nickelback is too important for history to leave as just an audio document. So we set up a couple cameras during the recording session for this and future generations to benefit, if there are any future generations. Ever wondered what it looks like when Mark and I lay down an episode of the show? Right now, you can find our channel on YouTube by searching Your Favorite Band Sucks on YouTube. Definitely subscribe to our channel, and in the list of videos, you'll see a page for the premiere of an episode called Nickelback Sucks. Make sure to click Set Reminder so you'll get a notification when the video goes live, and you'll be able to join us in a live chat while we all watch it together for the first time. It's gonna be a really epic event. If you don't give a shit about video and you just want to listen to the episode like normal, don't worry. It's coming out on all the regular platforms, just like any other episodes. 